What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com. And today I have a special guest, Jenilyn Griffiths, on the line. She's been keto for an extended period of time, like myself, over five years. And she's the coordinator at FitCon. So we're going to dive into all things keto and conferences. How are you, Jenilyn? I'm so good. What's up, guys? <laughs> good, good. Where, where are you calling from? Um, I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah. I was born and raised here. And Salt that's Lake where City, we, uh, Utah. Yep, yep. Got beautiful mountains and everything outdoors you want. What is Utah specifically known for? Uh, Mormons. <laughs> uh, Mormons. <laughs> it's true, though. Um, no, I think it's mostly known for like outdoors because... We have like Southern Utah where we have Zions Canyon and Bryce Canyon and Moab, lots of like national parks. So if you're into the outdoors, it's a very good place to be, which that's why I'm here. Um, and then we've got, you know, we're known for like skiing and snowboarding too, because we get lots of snow in the winter, big mountains to, to, you know, go ski. So that's mostly what we're known for. Lots of outdoor stuff. Really pretty state. I love it. I've been through there a few times. I haven't had a chance to really explore much, but it's got, um, like all the national parks there have got me interested for sure. I know. You could honestly spend like two weeks here super easy, like just road tripping or something. Yeah, yeah. So so dive into a little background on you. Like what, what brings you into the keto space? You've been keto for five years now. Mm-hmm. How, how has that happened? Like how have you sustained ketosis for five years? I feel like that's supposed to be just a a once and done kind of thing, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. No, good question. So um, I got into the fitness world. I was a trainer, like I think when I was about 20 years old, I got big, became a trainer, um, trained for a few years. And then I got into bodybuilding and competed in bikini category for um, like two shows. So I was mm-hmm. not keto for that portion. I was like the classic bodybuilder diet of broccoli and chicken and, you know, like just I know, the basics, egg whites and tuna fish and I don't know anyone that's competed kind of knows there's like a few staple foods that that's all you eat <laughs> it's really boring but mm-hmm. um so Miserable. I did a couple of shows and then um honestly like the thing that got me in ketosis was I really like messed with my hormones with the shows just because I got so lean like body fat wise and did it pretty quickly so my body was just pissed <laughs> like I you know anyway kind of the classic some hormonal stuff after that like gained back some weight had a hard time losing it like even though I was still counting my calories and exercising and doing the classic like um, calories in, calories out model, I think I realized like, okay, this is not working. <laughs> like I'm doing everything on paper that I should be to still be lean and I'm not, you know, but so I started like really diving into hormones and the endocrine system and um, found out about ketosis. And I think I first heard it through uh, Dr. Jacob Wilson. I started like following him and Ryan Lowerly and Dominic D'Agostino and just reading some of their research and was mm-hmm. like, well, I might as well give it a try, you know, <laughs> nothing else is working. And so I did, I got into it and it's funny because back then, you know, like it wasn't really big at all. Like, like five years ago, people were like, why aren't you eating carbs? You know? Yeah. Um, it's it totally no man's land. Yeah, it really was. Like people thought I was like going to ruin my body and I was like doing something crazy and and there wasn't as much education out there around that time. So I think that I kind of like stumbled into it and like could have done it better. But it, again, there wasn't like a lot of information out at the time. So I pretty much just cut out carbs and um, 
I definitely like started to get my hormones under control, like lose some body fat, just feel better. Like mentally, I had a lot of like mental fog going on. Um, and yeah, like kind of just got obsessed to be honest. Like, I think, you know, it's like this rabbit hole where all of a sudden you're like, Oh no, it's like, there's keto for like cancer treatments and keto for Alzheimer's. And there's like keto research and epilepsy. And it just got like super interesting to me, not even like body composition wise, but like hormonally wise, like, you know, PCOS or insulin resistance, just all the things that kind of come along with blood sugar irregulation and realizing like what that can do to the body. So I got really into the science. Um, we ended up being, bringing uh, Dr. Jacob Wilson and Ryan like our first year at FitCon. And it was hilarious because they were like talking about, you know, to a bunch of bodybuilders because we kind of attracted the, a lot of bodybuilders our first year, which has changed. But um, they were talking to the crowd about ketosis and some studies they had done where they had put the same calories and the same activity. And the one group that was in ketosis lost significantly more body fat and less muscle. So it's like, for me, when there's like research like that, you can't ignore it. You know what I mean? Like, right. this is like science. It's not bias. This is just the numbers. So I think, I mean, people were pretty hesitant. Like I watched their reactions and I think they were kind of like, oh, this is bullshit. Like they, you can't keep muscle. Yeah. You, you know, you need carbs for muscle and, there was a lot of like pushback, I think the first year, but it was kind of interesting because the second year we still brought out a couple keto people and the third year and it kind of kept the theme of it growing. And then this last year, I mean, it was like full on keto corner of all the keto companies, people asking where they are. Like, it's just such a buzz now that it's kind of gotten more mainstream. And I kept telling people five years ago, I'm like, I promise just there's going to be tons of products coming out, tons of books, like you just the research is there so but yeah it was interesting to see it like um see it evolve you know what i mean absolutely talk to me i want to rewind just a little bit you said that your hormones were totally out of whack yeah after that first competition did you ever get like blood work done pre and post yeah i didn't do yeah yeah so after my show not for like a little while i think it was like almost a year or something till i got blood work but my cortisol lever levels were way high and my progesterone was super low. Um, I had amnuria, so like didn't have a period for like eight months after my show, um, which is kind of normal in the bodybuilding industry. Unfortunately, like at the pro level, like I think a lot of women, like female athletes just like don't have it ever. <laughs> um, right. And you kind of just like accept it like, oh, is that normal? Like I remember I asked my coaches, but my coaches were just bodybuilding coaches and they were like, yeah, that's normal. So like, that was normal okay. to them. Totally. Yeah. Like they just, that's one thing you got to realize if you're going to do bodybuilding and I, I love it. I totally still support it, but you just have to find the right coach that definitely puts your, your health in mind versus just like, they want you to win a trophy or go pro, you know, it's like, cause I was having all the classic symptoms, like super lethargic, getting sick all the time. I was overtraining. I was not eating enough calories. I was doing too much cardio, like kind of all those classic things. Um, and yeah, so the main things with my with my like blood work is inflammation was higher. Cortisol was really high. I was stressed. Like my body was definitely stressed. Um, cause I mean, really, if you think about the body, it's, it's job is to keep homeostasis. And if you are mm -hmm. like constantly under eating and over exercising, it's just like knows that you're not in a good place to survive pretty much. So cortisol goes through the roof. And of course, like fertility is going to downplay because your body's not going to like let that happen. So um, just like, yeah, uh, fertility hormones, like I said, estrogen was kind of low, progesterone was super low, um, testosterone, I mean, pretty much everything was kind of messed up, testosterone was low, 
I did um, take, I haven't taken one super recently, but I did take one a couple years ago and everything was great. So it was like definitely keto. And I think just because the cool thing about keto is not like you don't, calories don't matter because I know they still do to an extent, but really as soon as you control your blood sugar and you kind of teach your body, Hey, I'm, you're going to get the calories you need, but I'm not going to spike this blood sugar and spike insulin all the time. I think you like allow your body to finally get the nutrients it needs. You know, I wasn't like as scared of food. I kind of was like, kind of developed a weird um, relationship with food when I did bodybuilding. Like, oh, if I have an extra three ounces of chicken, I'm going to gain weight, you know? <laughs> like it was really weird. Yeah, and so, it's weird for sure. I, I did the same thing. Um, do you remember how low you took your calories when you were when you were competing? They honestly weren't like crazy low. Like I've heard a lot worse, but for the amount of activity I was doing, they were like 1300 calories, which is still, I think pretty low. Mm -hmm. And then I was doing like an hour of cardio and an hour of lifting every single day. Um, so it was like, that's just a lot of calories to be burning and then only doing 1300 calories. And I was kind of not sleeping super well cause I was training clients at the time. So like you add sleep in there, you know, not getting good sleep. That's just not good for recovery. I was like taking pre-workout like it was candy. Like <laughs> anyway, yeah, so yeah. your body's just tired. Like your adrenals are just tired and you never, I never like gave it a break. I think I got so into that mindset of like no days off, you know, and like get your pro card. And so anyway, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like a, a strange mind shift that occurs between, I, I was talking about this some of the other day, like when you compete, it's like your initial foray into bodybuilding and figure competitions. It's like you, you have this diehard mentality because that's what you see, you know, like on YouTube, that's what people portray it as. And you go through it very, <laughs> very aggressively. Uh, and I'm glad that I've done it that way because now I kind of have more perspective of what I'm capable of. But the, the more mature you are with the sport, it's like the more realistic you get and you, you start to figure out ways to do it in a healthy, sustainable fashion. It's not just totally taxing all of your body's internal systems. Yeah, it's so true. Cause I think you're right. Like, I think there is a healthy way to do it. I'm not saying bodybuilding is unhealthy, but there's, I think it definitely takes more patience to do it the right way and more like patience with your body. Like you might not be able to lose as body, you know, as quick a body fat as you want being in a crazy deficit, but it, eventually that's going to catch up to you too. So I think like really controlling your stress is huge, I think, for body composition. Definitely. And so it's like if you're just adding so much stress, like you said, more work, more work, it's like the body is just going to stop eventually, not going to trust you. What What made you want to stay with keto like long term, like after everything healed? Yeah. I, mean, I assume that healed relatively quickly. I mean, you've been keto now for five years. So what's yeah. kept you keto, I guess? Yeah, I would say like the first year I didn't like completely stay in ketosis. I was kind of like in and out, but pretty like consistently the last four years I've stayed in. Um, I'm one of those people that I don't like to discourage like, oh, you're either in ketosis all the time or you're never in. Like if there's times where I feel like I want to eat some carbs after a leg day, I will. But like pretty like since my body's so used to it, it usually goes right back into ketosis within a day or two, you know, usually the next day. Mm -hmm. So it's like. Um, but what made me want to stick with it is I just felt so good. Like, I just don't know why you'd want to change your eating when you feel like the best you've ever felt, you know, like my strength went away up. Like I lost muscle when I did bodybuilding and I got muscle back and I got strength back and I started kind of like powerlifting, which is so fun, I think for me. Um, and I started basing my workouts a little bit more around performance versus just like, I'm coming in here to sculpt muscle and build, you know, loose fat. 
Cause I think that can kind of become an unhealthy like place is you're always like going to the gym cause you have to go versus like, I get to go, I get to like work on my lifts and like, just that mindset shift was big for me, you know, but, um, I really stayed in it because I, yeah, like I said, I respond very well to that. Like I realized I didn't have to eat as often when I was in keto, which is good for me because I travel quite a bit too. And so like the fact that I could just fast the whole day while I'm flying and then get to the next city and eat there was like really appealing to me, you know, like blood sugar just stays stable. You don't get like hangry, which I used to get so bad. <laughs> like when I, I used mm-hmm. to, if I didn't, when I was eating carbs, if I didn't eat within like three hours, I was like getting moody, like super moody. And so, and I don't like that. I don't like that like addiction kind of like to food, you know, that limitation. So I like the fact that I didn't have to eat as often. I felt like my mental health was much better, like about a better place, just better balance. I really think keto is not hard. <laughs> like I know I get, when people are used to carbs, they think it's crazy, but once you're in it, you just don't miss carbs, you know? Totally agree. I feel like from a productivity standpoint, you're able to just get so much more accomplished. I mean, if you were to actually sit down and quantify the amount of time you spend worrying about what your next meal is, fixating on, you know, cooking that next meal, grocery shopping for that next meal, and that occurs every three or four hours, like you wind up losing so many hours in the course of a 24-hour period. Totally. Yeah. Like production, you get so much more done. And now that we're kind of in a really abundant time where there's a ton of keto food available, it's like much easier. You know, even Costco has keto food now. So it's like, there's really not many excuses. I feel like now that it's, it's hard to transition, you know? Definitely. I want to, I want to dive into, so you've been doing FitCon now for, it's been going on five years? Yeah. Yep. Five. It started in 2014. So this will be our sixth year coming up in May. So speak to me about like the evolution of FitCon, like what, yeah. what what started it? What was the, had the momentum build? I mean, just kind of talk to me about, I've never been to FitCon. I was supposed to go last year. You invited me actually, but I was yes, getting married that same time. So I, I know. I couldn't uh, I guess that's postpone the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally but I am gonna go next year. that. Yeah, I would love to have you. It's such a fun time to get like everyone together. So um, yeah, the evolution of how it began is, um, I was, a, like I said, I was a trainer at the time and had a friend that was also a trainer and he was connected um, with the founder, Dallin, which was running a gym at the time. But he just kind of had this idea, like we saw, I mean, Utah is actually pretty big for fitness. There's a lot of like fitness here. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like similar to California, not quite as much, but I'd say like probably the second state biggest in fitness besides maybe Florida. Um, and really what we saw was just kind of like a divide between I mean, you've probably seen this. It's better now, but it was kind of clicky as far as like there was the bodybuilders and then there was the crossfitters and then there was the powerlifters, but like they never interacted. You know what I mean? And it was kind of like they didn't even like each other like from the kind of the cultures we got like, oh, you do CrossFit. That's so stupid. Like I'm a bodybuilder, you know, or or vice versa. Yeah. And we didn't really like that. We're like, this is interesting. Like we all do fitness like in our own way you know, whatever our sport is, we're moving our bodies, we're like using our as therapy or a hobby or whatever. And so we were like, what if we were able to do a convention where it's like all under one roof, you know, like it started around kind of like competitions all under one roof that were celebrating just fitness and that we could kind of like bring people together in that aspect. Because there really wasn't anything in Utah at that time that was like that. Like, there was like a health expo, but it was kind of done poorly. And anyway, it just wasn't like that energy we wanted. So they just discussed his ideas and brought me in. And there was a team of maybe like eight of us the first year, 
which that's actually cut down to like five, but um, which is crazy because it's gotten huge. But we had like a team of eight of us and he kind of told us the vision and then we just started like, okay, who are the companies? You know, let's just ask them to be a vendor. <laughs> and um, so the first year, I don't think we actually knew 100% what we were doing, but it still turned out really well. Like we had 10,000 attendees our first year, which is pretty good for wow, a conference, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so we were at the South 10 Expo Center here and we probably had a, like 120 vendors, 125 or something. Um, and had a couple seminars. We did bring out a big keynote speaker. So we brought out Ray Lewis the first year because we know we had to kind of like make a bang in Utah for people to remember, you know, FitCon. So that was a big hit. Um, a lot of people came out to see him. He's like, you know, world of fame, uh, football. I'm not super into football, but at least I knew who he was. Mm -hmm. Um, so it really started out as that, like the first year we didn't have as many competitions, but, um, I don't even think we actually brought a bodybuilding show cause we didn't get the rights at the time, but we had like a model search that was kind of like a bodybuilding thing that was sponsored by quest. And we had, um, a couple of free speech, you know, we had Jacob come and speak and Ben Pekulski came out and spoke and, um, so we just had a few people come out and speak. We had some vendors, um, really pretty good first year. Like we were happy with it, but we just knew there was like, out of curiosity. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Like what, what do you think led to so much growth? Like from a marketing standpoint, I just get into the weeds of how it was so successful. Cause first year, I mean, 10,000 plus people, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, honestly, our founder Dallin is brilliant with marketing. Um, he does all the website. The website is amazing. It's really, really good. Um, he does what we kind of do is we don't, um, we do a lot of social media up to that point. Like we have an email blast, we have social media, Facebook, Instagram. Um, so we were pretty active on those, but we did like billboards around all of Utah the week of. So a lot of people were definitely like aware of it and, Oh, Southtown Expo Center, come check it out. So we do like kind of go heavy on billboards and spend money there the week of, but it really pays off as far as attendees. Cause in Utah, yeah. like people want to do stuff, but I think a lot of people don't plan ahead too much. So there definitely was like some mm -hmm. pre-sales, but a lot of people honestly buy it that weekend, like the tickets. So it's, it's kind of hard for us cause we don't know what to expect sometimes, but then yeah, it's like nerve -wracking. We, <laughs> and then we get all these people and we're like, okay, at least they came, you know, but so now we just know that's how it is. That's the trend. But, um, yeah, I think it, like I said, having a big person like Ray Lewis was a big thing. And then I think people were kind of waiting for something like this to happen in Utah because there's a lot of people that are interested in fitness and they want to meet more fitness community, you know, so and be a part of something. So, I mean, I, like I said, Dallin could probably get in more details of what he did strategically, but he's just, he's just well-versed in like online marketing and, and website design and stuff. So he does all of that for us. But, um, I think, and then the second year, like we grew pretty steady. So the second year was like 15,000 attendees and like almost 200 vendors. And then the next year was 20,000 attendees and 220 vendors. Anyway, uh, leading up to this last year was 30, almost 35,000. So it's grown really, it's grown almost 5,000 or more every year, um, up to this point. And then we kind of maxed out at 350 vendors, which we think we're going to keep it there for a little bit. Just doesn't get too big, but, um, yeah, that's awesome though. But also adding competitions, like we've been adding competitions every year. So now we have a NPC bodybuilding show. We also have a pro show, which kind of puts us on the map of the world. So we have competitors coming from Iceland and Finland and Russia to compete in that. And then we have the World Cup for powerlifting, which brings some people out as well from different countries. Um, that Some world records were set last year and the year before with our powerlifting meet. There was a guy that deadlifted 
over a thousand pounds, which is just like absolutely insane. <laughs> like I deadlift, don't get me wrong, but that's some weight, you know. <laughs> I mean, the having the competitions there, like how how is this? Uh, I wish I was able to go this past year and have some more reference here, but how is like the the length of the conference and how's everything laid out from like when when you're having these events? Like just main one big competition each evening. Um, yeah, good question. So the funny thing is there actually is 30 competitions going on um, during the weekend. And so you kind of have to pick and choose a little about what you want to go to, but you can also go to quite a bit of them if you plan it out right. So the the mm -hmm. it always is a Friday and a Saturday, a full weekend. And Friday, we open the doors at 2 p.m. So it's 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. Um, a lot of athletes obviously come before for check-ins and stuff. So like during the morning is a lot of athlete check-ins. Um, but the competitions are on the outside of the venue. like. Kind of like, um, anyway, so imagine the outside is all competitions and the inside is all the vendors. And um, so that way it's like all the vendors get a lot of, a lot of traffic because we always believe that like we want to make it a really good, because, you know, vendors is where you get a lot of your funding from. And so you want to make sure right. they have a good experience. They talk to a lot of people. They're getting good traffic, foot traffic. So, yeah, there's just like competitions on the outside. You have powerlifting in one corner. Um, you have arm wrestling, you have an aerial competition. We had a sword fighting this year or like fencing, which sword is really, fighting. we had fencing and then we also had armored combat. So there was like full armored people with like shields and swords and the whole, the whole shebang. I don't even know how like the, crazy. the scoring went on that, but it was super entertaining to watch. What do you think is like with keto gaining momentum now, do you feel like, like just, just speak kind of to the evolution of how that's been accepted into the space. Cause I mean, with FitCon, you're getting all different kinds of demographics and genres, like with the bodybuilders, the crossfitters, the powerlifters and everything in between. How do you feel like keto is being um, approached and appreciated in the masses? Yeah, good question. So like I said, um, I would say we really didn't get a lot of keto vendors until like year three. In year three, we definitely had some keto, like we had, you know, Prove It and Kegenics were kind of our big, two of our big sponsors. So there was definitely like talks of ketones going on. And we had mm -hmm. a couple of, we also have MMA fights there. And the guy that won MMA pro fight is, was in ketosis. And he actually talked about that, how he had like been fasting all day. He'd had some ketones and then he just killed the fight. <laughs> I mean, this guy is awesome. That's crazy. So I think that was like a good buzz for it. Um where people are at least getting a little bit more open-minded to it. Uh, that was, let's say year three. And then year four, we just got like, then we started to get more keto vendors finding us. I also have been always trying to find keto vendors just because I've always known this has been a really cool thing for people. And especially people just getting into the world and wanting to know what diet works to lose weight. I mean, that's very, very common, <laughs> you know, and I, I hate some of these fad diets. So I really feel comfortable talking about, ketosis to people because I don't feel like it's a fad diet in any way. Um, so we got more keto vendors like our, our third and fourth year. And then we actually had like attendees asking for that, which was funny. Like, Hey, where's that butter coffee company? Or like, <laughs> you know, where's that fat mm -hmm. fuel or something, you know? So it was definitely like more accepted year three and four. Like I said, there was definitely pushback here the first two years, I feel. Um, but having prove it as one of our main sponsors and Kegenics, like, that I said, we do a lot of marketing for our main sponsors. So that kind of got their name out. And then um, this last year was just our idea. We started to get vendors. And then me and Dallin talked about the idea of doing like a keto corner. Because I had a lot of keto companies I had been talking to. And the one feedback I got 
from year four is that they were just like, oh, I just knew, I just want to meet the other keto companies. Like, you know, we'd have Keto Mojo in one area and Killer Creamy in one area. And they just didn't ever get to meet pretty much because it's so big. And so I was like, you know, that is a really good idea. If we're going to bring them together, it's better for the vendors and for the attendees to be able to find what they're looking for in one section. So we developed Keto Corner this year and had, which is, it's going to grow significantly this next year, I can tell you. But um, Keto Corner this year had about 30 companies that were all keto. And then we're expecting this year, probably about 75 to 100 will be keto. Um, just kind of basing on who I've talked to and who's planning on coming. And so it's pretty big. It's it's fun. It's like a, you know, there's a lot more books coming out. There's a lot more mainstream. Like, it's funny to say, but some when a celebrity talks about keto, <laughs> then people listen. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed yeah. that, but have you ever heard they're like, oh, I heard that Beyonce was doing keto right now or you know the Kardashians or something. It's like. Yeah. And it's funny because half the time or more than half the time, those celebrities that are talking about keto, they're totally ignorant about what keto actually is and how to do it. Not all the time, but there's a lot of misinformation out there. Oh, it's, it's so funny true. It takes those people to get people interested. But so, exactly. But sometimes I think even like that information is good information just because it puts us on the map, you know, as just like Definitely. to, okay, now I'm going to read a keto book and hopefully that keto book is someone, a good author that knows what they're talking about, you know? So, um, so yeah, it's, this it's last exciting year, for sure. This last year, the Keto Corner was a big hit. And then um, we did FitCon Summit for the second year. So I'll, and I'll kind of speak more to how that got started. But we we had a, a few like free seminars the first couple of years, and those were pretty well attended. But we really thought, you know, there's a big space for education here. Like we've got a lot of trainers that need CEUs. So for people that don't know what that is, like if you're a certified trainer through like NASM or ACE or something, you need to get continuing education credit every two years to keep your certification active pretty much. And mm -hmm. we found, yeah, there was a lot of people that had asked about that. Like, is there any way to get CEUs? So it kind of just formed um, last year, sorry, so like 2018, where we came together with FitCon Summit, which is just all education. So that's like two days of education and then the times are a little different so they can attend both, but it's usually like nine to five Friday and Saturday, like full seminars all day with like an hour lunch. And the first year, I mean, I'm, I'm one that I like to speak, be honest and open about, about, you know, failures and successes. So the first year, I, I think I wasn't quite in store for like how much work it would take and how much time it would take. Um, so really the first year would did not like go as I wanted just as far as like attendance and, organization and stuff we just you learn a lot you know when you put it on and you're like oh okay i gotta do this different i gotta do this different we ended up having the seminars like in the main hall which was way too loud <laughs> and there was not really much we could do once i got started it was just too loud you know because like a lot of the big vendors bring their music and there's competitions so there's always music going on um so i did yeah. apologize to the people that you know came out but we still had some amazing speakers that year um, we had like Sean Wells come out and Ryan Lowerly and Ben Pikulski and uh, Dr. John Berardi and Tom Bilio and a lot of really cool people. Tom Bilio was amazing. Like I got to listen to most of his and he's just like a a visionary. So definitely some people came out for him. And we also had um, Dana Lynn Bailey and Rob Bailey, which people know if they're into like that fitness bodybuilding world. I'm sure you know them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're so fun. I can just say, like, from everyone I've met, they really, truly, like, love their fans. <laughs> like, they love what they do. They're not, like, prima donnas at all to work with. They're super fun to work with. And 
So we, we kind of started with this idea. And like I said, it didn't completely pan out how we wanted as far as the setup and the attendance, but then it kind of gave me some insight of how to do it differently for, um, for 2018 or 2019. So this last year, kind of fast forward to this last year, I felt like this was like, that was our big first year of FitCon Summit, where we targeted mostly um, trainers and coaches. And it was so cool to see because, you know, I was, I was hoping we could get people from all over the country. And we did, it was just like, you get to see where people are buying from. And it really was like a gym owner in Tampa and, you know, a trainer in Dallas. And it was all over the, all over the map, really. We had some Canadians come as well. Um, and this last year was just epic. I, I was just so incredibly grateful. Everything came together. The community was amazing. Um, we had, yeah, like a big keto presence. I'm trying to think of the, we had Drew Manning speak, um, Thomas DeLauer, and they are awesome with their fans too. I must say, like they had people coming up after and they had had long days I could tell, but they were just talking with everyone that had questions, which was amazing. Um, we had Mark Sisson come out, which, you know, he's kind of like the keto metabolic flexibility side. So he didn't speak just to ketosis, but more like metabolic flexibility, which I'm a big fan of too. Um, Rob Wolf came and spoke. He's amazing. And then the keto gains guys, uh, Tyler and Lewis. And we had, um, I'm trying to think of the other keto people. Uh, Logan, I added Logan kind of last minute because I had already filled up the speakers, but then he told me he could come. So he ended up just sharing his story for like 10 or 15 minutes, which people loved. He's such a positive, freaking awesome guy. Um, and then I think that was most of keto. We also had like L Russ, which is more in the thyroid space, but she's very big on ketosis. She wrote the paleo thyroid solution and her talk was well, well needed. Like there were so many women that came up to her after and just was like, man, I had all those symptoms that you listed and I've been wondering what was going on. And if I could say one thing to like the women listening and, and the men too, but it's more common in women is if you, you should check up, um, on hypothyroid symptoms because it's so common. And at least the clients that I've had to, most of them have had hypothyroid, whether it was diagnosed or undiagnosed. So definitely check out her book. It's amazing. Paleothyroid solution. Hopefully she's going to come back this next year. With, with keto summit is like the, the educational speaker side, is that more towards a specific genre or is it, it sounds like there's a bunch of keto speakers there, but is it pretty much ranging in all different categories? Yeah. So it's actually FitCon Summit. Sorry, not Keto Summit, but um, it's so it's it's not necessarily a keto theme. It's just a nutrition and training theme. So we had, so those are the, the nutrition people that we had, but we also had people on training. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with Christian Thibodeau. It's a Thib Army mm -hmm. on Instagram. He's amazing. I followed him for a while and took his neurotyping course which if you don't know what that is, it's like, it's so cool. It's, you would love it. Um, neurotyping, he pretty much has five categories of what neurotransmitter you're dominant in as far as like an excitatory neurotransmitter like dopamine or adrenaline or acetylcholine and then also a inhibitory neurotransmitter like serotonin, GABA. So he teaches you all about the types and how you, you take a test to find out what you are and then based on what you are, he describes certain training that would be beneficial for you or your client. So it's, and it's really good. It's backed up with a lot of science and he's done training over the years with like um, Olympic athletes and CrossFit athletes and bodybuilding. He kind of does a lot of different athletes, but it, it taught me a lot about, and people that came to the course, um, he only was able to talk for about an hour and a half just due to time. And he normally speaks like all day. 
But even just from that little tidbit, I had so many people that went online and took his free course. And I believe it's just fibarmy.com. That's his website. And he has like a free neurotyping course thing that you can take it um, or quiz, sorry, just a quiz. And then he has a paid neurotyping course that's very worth it. So um, he spoke to us on well, training. Check that out. Yeah, you will. It's so it's really cool to know, not even just for training, but it it also it's really interesting. So I'm what's called a type 1A, which is dopamine dominant. Um, so dopamine dominant, that's why I gravitate more towards like extreme things like extreme trainings, like powerlifting. A lot of extreme athletes are, are dopamine dominant. So they seek out activities that will give them dopamine. <laughs> and so the only mm -hmm. thing to know about that is you're aware of like some of your strengths and your weaknesses. And he said it was really interesting because he's like a lot of people that are dopamine dominant actually go towards ketosis because they they get more dopamine in a ketogenic state um which makes sense like i don't know how sciencey you get on your podcast but i'll just get a little scientific for a second and yeah yeah dive deep into it um pretty much when you eat a meal let's say you ate a meal that had uh protein in it so it'll break down to amino acids and then you let's say you either have a carb or a fat so if you eat a protein um you know the precursor to dopamine is tyrosine which is an amino acid um, and then you also have tryptophan, which is a precursor to serotonin. So what determines mm -hmm. if you get more dopamine or serotonin from that meal is what you put with it. So if you put a carb with it, you're going to get more serotonin from that meal. Whereas if you put a fat with it, you're going to get more uh, dopamine from that meal. And so <laughs> isn't that crazy? So it determines what pretty much which, which um, amino acid will become that neuro dominant neurotransmitter after that meal. Well, I'm all Does that for make dopamine sense? rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So like that's why a lot of people train better fasted is because they're able to access more dopamine. Um, and then that's a lot of times why also dopamine dominant people will like a ketogenic diet because they can keep a constant stream of dopamine as well. Have you noticed anything? Because well, you, you being keto as long as you have and you train hard, you're doing the powerlifting. Have you noticed any um, any adverse effects from like a performance standpoint? Like any... Uh, you know, loss yeah. in ability to build muscle relative to what you could with carbs? No, no, not at all. <laughs> like, um, like I said, I have more muscle than I've ever had and my lifts are higher than they've ever been. So like I said, I'm, I'm kind of to the point where I will have carbs occasionally, but when I say I have them, mm -hmm. it's still really low carb. It's like at night I'll have some berries or sweet potatoes and that's like just at dinner. Cause like I said, I really don't like having carbs during the day cause it messes with my dopamine. It messes with my productivity. Like I've tried it. I, I've had carbs one time, like in the morning or afternoon, and I just am not productive as much. It's like, it messes with that dopamine with me. And I, the way that I function well is like a decent level of dopamine. And so, yeah, I, but mm -hmm. I haven't, I've noticed it doesn't mess with my performance at all. Like if I do feel like I'm not recovering really well, then maybe I'll add some, yeah, like berries or sweet potatoes. But like a lot of times I don't notice it at all. I, like I said, I, I pay attention to my recovery and I have aura ring that tells me about my sleep and, and everything's just been staying good. So I haven't noticed any, have like you noticed any benefit to like, like has your sleep been impacted on days where you've uh, introduced the carbs and whatnot versus those where you just stayed strict keto? Have you noticed any, any correlation with your sleep at all? That's a good question. Cause I wondered that cause of serotonin, you know, from carbohydrates, but I haven't noticed much difference in my sleep, like my deep sleep and my REM sleep are about the same. Um, mm -hmm. I have noticed like other things, like if I, 
occasionally have alcohol, you know, that decreases your deep sleep. And so that's like things I've noticed with food related or if I eat too close to bedtime. But as far as like the carbs to ratio, I haven't noticed much with my sleep. The only thing I've noticed is like being a woman. I know a lot of it's kind of more talk now about carb cycling around your cycle, which I actually do see a little difference in that. Um, that helps me like keep normal. So sometimes around my cycle, I'll add in more carbs and then it just is a little bit easier. But that's like the only time I've really noticed that my body really wants carbs. Do you, totally going off on a rabbit hole here, I'm still talking yeah, about go ahead. fit yeah. count for a minute. Um, do you do you equate for calories when you introduce more carbs around your cycle or are you keeping your calories constant? Yeah, I honestly, I don't track calories that much anymore. Like, um, I guess if I was getting ready for like a photo shoot or something, I would. But I'm kind of at the point where I'm pretty intuitive with my eating. And I mm-hmm. I counted calories for long enough that I kind of know what, you know, around 2,000 calories or, you know, 1,800 calories looks like in a day. So when I add carbs, like I, I still stick around the same calories. I just cut down a little bit of fat. So if I'm going to have carbs with a meal, gotcha. I just won't have as much fat with that meal or pretty little because I'm kind of a believer if you're going to have carbs and have carbon protein together. If you're going to have, you know, fats have protein and fats together, but typically try not to mix, mix them too much just because that could be a recipe for some fat storage, you know, if you went too high in carbs, too high in fat that day. Right. For sure. For sure. I bet you're not sleeping a whole lot during uh FitCon conference weekend. <laughs> no, not that week at all. That's like the one time where I'm like, come on, body, go on coffee. Let's do this, you know? <laughs> But, um, but honestly, I have so much adrenaline that whole week that I don't notice, like I'm not tired in any way. So I always go that whole week of setup and we have, you know, I don't get hardly any sleep every night, but then as soon as it's over, I just crash really hard, (laughs) but I run very, very well on adrenaline for that whole week. So I'm like, have tons of energy. (laughs) It is crazy how exhausting it can be. Like when I was, uh, you know, this, this past year at KetoCon, you know, I spoke and I had the booth and everything. And like you, as an influencer, just as somebody in the space, you want to give your 100% to every single person that walks up to you. And you have to be like, have that on switch just always on. And I mean, I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. But like simply doing that nonstop for an entire duration of a conference, I mean, you are totally wiped out afterwards. Oh, yeah, totally. Especially like, running around like our venue is really big now and running mm-hmm. around to the different people and my phone's constantly going off and meeting speakers when they're coming in like i said i had the aura ring and it tracks your steps and i'll get like thirty-five thousand steps per day <laughs> during during fitcon i'm like i do not feel bad that i'm not That's going crazy. to the gym i'm like going to doing a marathon you know <laughs> so you're yeah, right. it's, it's a lot of it's exciting insane. it's a lot of energy and i feel like your body can kind of you know, rise up to the task during the time, but then yeah, after people know to kind of leave me alone for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so when is the next when is the next FitCon? Yeah, so the next FitCon is May first and second of twenty twenty. We're so excited. May first and second, twenty twenty. Yeah, and the and... theme uh like I said, we're gonna have a huge keto corner um and have some keto speakers, but we're definitely trying to have a little bit of diversity this year and so the FitCon Summit is more for, like I said, trainers, um, health coaches, but not particularly just for them. Definitely anyone that's interested in training and nutrition, which I think is a lot of people. Um, we had people that came just to like literally find out about their own health or their diabetes, and they, they loved it. They were really happy. Um, but it's really just about training and nutrition. So everything training and nutrition, 
just the new things, the new techniques that are coming out, um, kind of the cutting edge information. It's not like your typical conference of like, here's how to lose weight. You know, they talk about high level stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm about to get a, I'm about to get a booth, just, just go around and get set up with Keto Brick over there or something. Yeah, you would love it. It's so fun. And like I said, like, Times, you know, if you can have someone man your booth or take a break, it's just fun to walk around because you are, it's so entertaining. <laughs> you literally walk by and you're like, oh, cool, they're doing an Ninja Warrior course or, oh, they're fencing or, oh, there's roller derby. Like, there's just so many fun things to watch. I'm just amazed that y'all can orchestrate this with just a five-person team. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. I know. I honestly, yeah, I don't know how we do it sometimes. I really don't. But Dallin's a rock star and I think all of us are very passionate about what we do, so. We just kind of have our assigned roles and stick to that and then help each other out a little bit where we can. But it's it's definitely it. a fun it. time. And it's good if you want to like get your shopping in. Everyone has discounts and there's like big vendors there like Reebok and stuff. So it's fun to get some some swag. Well, what's what's on the horizon as far as like what are you excited about, both professionally and personally? Oh, good question. Um Really building FitCon Summit is a big, is a big goal of mine just because like, I guess a moment for me that was like, man, I kind of failed a little bit this year is marketing is just harder than anyone ever thinks to get the word out. Mm -hmm. And as much as I spent time on social media and like personally invited people and, you know, sent, we sent out emails, there's still so many people that didn't hear about it in time. And I mean, to me, that's kind of disappointing because it's like, man, we brought all these rock stars together. You know, and this year we weren't able to do, uh, you know, online streaming or anything with it. And so hopefully we're looking at that next year. But I think just being able to get the word out to everyone, because there was people even I met in Utah later, you know, that were like, Mark Sisson's my favorite person. He came. I didn't even know, you know. So to me, it's like, dang, I didn't do a good enough job. But, you know, I think we're at the point where the quality is there. Like the content is there. The mm -hmm. people we bring are amazing. It's like an amazing product, but just getting the word out a little bit more, which is why I'm grateful to do podcasts like this. So thank you so much for letting me talk to your audience about it. But yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So mostly I I mean, I have big, big dreams as well, but I think a lot of it can be started with education at Bitcoin Summit, just because a lot of the times we're educating trainers and influencers and coaches. So if I can change their you know, idea and perspective and education around nutrition, then I think we're better able, they're better able to help their clients, which is like, okay, so how can I affect rather than affect, you know, a few hundred people, how can we affect a few hundred thousand people, you know, at a big scale. And I think that we bring some people like that, that are big influencers that have access to big audiences. And so just getting the right education out there, I think there's been so many nutrition myths that just need to go away. <laughs> I mean, I just am so sick about hearing about, you know, low fat stuff. I mean, hopefully that I think that is kind of going away, but the low fat stuff or like, oh, I heard like you can't eat red meat or can't salt my food, like things like that. I'm just so sick of hearing. And I would love to reach a point where people it's more like common knowledge, like, oh, yeah, this is heart healthy. And yeah, I don't want to get on statins for cholesterol, just like some of those miss that we know in the keto community but a lot of people don't know in the mainstream mm -hmm. that's why i'm even grateful what do you for think? um oh go ahead sorry no 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 go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt you oh i was just saying like i don't know i think you did go to the, did you go to the metabolic health conference as well in uh the um in san yes. diego yes. or not san diego uh mm -hmm. 
Long Beach. <laughs> so I like yep. Victoria and Angela and Dom are, I think, some of the best freaking people in the world. And that conference I was able to help out with. And that is like really cool. That's my vision too, is that we're, you know, those are scientists coming in and those are, those are, you know, a lot of doctors are coming in. So it's like, they're able to help the community so much because they have the influence, you know? And so even things like that, like getting out keto to the medical community, I'm huge on that. I'm huge, huge on that. There's so much we could solve. There's so many people that don't even know it's an option, you know? I've been really impressed with just the the level of professionalism and information and, and great, great quality content that's been at these conferences. I mean, it's just, it's truly inspiring to see so many people that have a, a similar passion for something just pouring themselves out there uh, to, you know, bridge that gap and, and teach and educate. So it's it's pretty cool to be a part of. Um, it seems like there's a whole bunch of conferences popping up here over the past two or three years. Do you feel like it's getting oversaturated at all? Or do you feel like there's still a huge... Uh, land grab for these conferences, basically. That's a, that's a really good question because I like wondered the same thing, but I keep coming to the conclusion that I think more is actually even better. Like, I kind of came with. Uh, you see a lot of keto companies popping up too, even just like products. And I mean, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of keto bars, there's a bunch of keto cookies out now. But the interesting thing is, I almost think that they are not comp- competition. I think it's just more. I mean, look at the market we're dealing with. A third of the U.S. is diabetic, one third, or diabetic or pre-diabetic. So it's like you have a third of America just from diabetes or blood sugar control that you can advertise to that are in need of stuff like this. So when I look at it in the big picture, like I don't, I'm not worried about like competition or conferences because I think, for one, I do think they attract different people. Like a Metabolic Health Summit attracts more the scientific community. Whereas like FitCon Summit, I think attracts more of, you know, the fitness and the trainer and coaches community. But still, I wouldn't even mind if there was crossover because the more, the better, you know, like the more education that gets out, the better. It'd be so cool to like, you kind of know, like this is random story, but I was in an Uber the other day. So I was traveling and even like my Uber driver was like, yeah, I just started this keto diet and I lost 10 pounds. And like, just and he didn't know I had anything to do with the keto community, but I was like, I love that. Like I just get to meet people randomly and they know about keto. It's just I think it's just such a necessary thing that the more conferences that pop up, I think the better, you know? Yeah. I mean I think the whole uh philosophy of rising tide raises all ships is especially true in this instance. I mean, the more good information you get out there, it just everybody benefits and that's that's the main goal. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know, even if more keto products come out, that gives that gives more people awareness of even keto brick, you know, because they're just into it. They get into keto for one reason or the other. So, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, what about you personally? What what do you have coming up that you're excited about in that regard? Yeah, um, I've been taking on a few clients, not many because I don't have a ton of time to be honest. But I've taken on a few clients that are kind of like a what's the word? like complex clients, not necessarily in it for just weight loss, but have some significant medical issues. Um, so that's mm-hmm. actually kind of been fun for me to problem solve. I know it sounds weird, but you're kind of like tracking back the body system of like, okay, they removed your gallbladder and okay, they didn't know what your thyroid is going on. Did they test it? You know, so I personally love to like even work one-on-one with a few people just to help solve some of those like deep medical problems going on. And again, I'm not a doctor and I always tell them, you know, go get blood work with a doctor, but I can help you like figure this out. Um, so that's been really cool for me. I had one client that I just started keto two weeks ago and is already down 11 pounds in two weeks. So he's stoked. 
Um, that's really cool. Um, I'm looking more into kind of like a program or something more large scale that I can put a lot of people into versus just one-on-one. So that's in the works. Um, and more for me personally, besides like work and stuff, I just always have a big goal to travel as much as possible. It gives me more insight and more experiences. And luckily I don't have any, I'm not like, um, don't have kids right now. So it's a good time that I can like go places. So if people know me, they know I love to leave the country as much as possible because <laughs> I love to just what's see the world. Your, what's been your favorite travel destination thus far? Um, Bali, Indonesia, for sure. A hundred percent. I went there like three years ago for about a month. And it's if, if people don't know, it's just an island in Indonesia, in Southeast Asia. And it's incredible. It's just like all your worries go away. It's a very slow paced life. It's incredibly beautiful. It's like a tropical, like think of Hawaii, but it's much, much, much cheaper. Like you can, you can get a bed for a room for like 20 bucks a night, 10 bucks a night. <laughs> and so with people are like, how do you stay there for a month? I'm like, I think I spent less than I spent on my mortgage, <laughs> like here for a month, you know? So, um, a lot That's of awesome. really cool beaches, really good food. I'll go a little bit out of ketosis when I travel sometimes, depending on what's available, you know? Mm-hmm. But that's been that's pretty cool. Bali, I've, I've heard great things about Bali, but I've never been there myself. I have to put that on my oh, you and your wife should go. Sure. It's like a good like honey or couples place too. It can be very like romantic and like just the sunsets, the beaches, the restaurants on the beaches, stuff like that. You would love it. Yeah, yeah. Talk me into it. Very <laughs> cool. Well, Jenlin, I can't thank you enough for jumping on here and just spreading the word of what all you get going on. You're making waves in the conference space, so the more people we can get to FitCon, the better. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And um, just websites, if people want to find it, there's FitCon, F-I-T-C-O-N.com, and FitConSummit.com, just as they're spelled. And it will be updating it pretty uh, regularly to show you like what new competitions are coming and what new speakers are coming. So if you have questions also what, on it. Uh... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. What what is your what is your profile on Instagram? Could oh yeah, you? on Instagram it's at Jenny Lynn Fit. So J E N N I L Y N F I T. Um, I do post a lot about FitCon Summit on my page, and then FitCon it's just at FitCon Summit is the um, actual conference's uh, Instagram. We need to talk about getting a natural bodybuilding competition at FitCon. I you know, that would be I'm a, super open to that. Next thing on the do list. That would be fun because we do have like a NPC show and an IFBB, but I'm not. I'm open to that as well. Yeah, we gotta get some natural competitors out there. I agree. Are you talking about like keto, the keto competition, or just natural as well, or like NGA? No, I mean just just naturally. Uh, like I, I've normally competed in WNBF, um, but any of the natural federations for you know natural bodybuilding, I think that'd be awesome to get get more of that word spread for sure. I agree with you. I agree with you. Let's keep it on the map and see if we can make it happen. Yeah. For sure. Well, again, thank you a million for jumping on here. I'm excited to air this and, and spread the word. But uh, let's definitely keep in touch because I'm absolutely planning on coming to FitCon this coming year. And if there's anything I can do to help, definitely let me know. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're awesome. Thank you. Take care.